So I have four nieces and nephews, and I was talking to my sister about IXL. And IXL Learning is this fun online program for kids, and it covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. My sister and my nephew love it. The way it works is it's powered by AI, so IXL gives the right help to each kid. And IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Maybe you've been looking into private tutoring, but it's out of the budget, or this is a big school year for your kiddo. So make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And all of these listeners can get an exclusive. 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash ologies. So visit IXL.com slash ologies to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. I know I usually save my secrets for the end of the episode, but I'm going to tell you my secret favorite candy. It's Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. It's really Reese's anything, but Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the thing that I'm like, have I had a bad day? I get these. Have I had a good day? I get these. Chocolate, salty peanut butter, the textures, I love everything about them. Also that there's two. So I'm like, oh, I get this one for later, which is one second later. Anyway, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, I love you. That's all. If you're me, you can shop Reese's Peanut Butter Cups now at a store near you. Found wherever candy is sold. And I am. Oh, hi. It's Smallogies. This is the first ever episode. I'm Allie Ward. These are Smallogies episodes delivering little tiny bite-sized brain snacks, little episodes that are refreshers on your favorites, and classroom-friendly, all-ages cuts of Ologies episodes that you love. So I hear it from folks every day. I get messages, yo, dad word, I see you have bleeped episodes, but what about making Ologies super family-friendly? Can you change your whole vibe for Smallogites? And I can't. I love you, but I love the way I get to make the full-length Ologies episodes that come out and land in your feed every Tuesday. But I did decide I can tweak what we have and release these clean, shorter, edited versions as free bonus episodes so that when you see the Smallogies title, you know that you can listen with your kids and my parents. And Smallogies are quicker, cleaner cuts of the back catalog favorites that are just perfect for my wheezy jog around the block or your dinner prep or anytime you have about 20 minutes to burn. And if you want the full scoop, all the juicy full episodes with more facts and backstories and words that we would not say around youngsters, you can find a link to that full version in the show notes. So with that, welcome to Smologies, which are dropping twice today as a little honeymoon break debut this week, just kind of an introduction to our podcast baby. And then Smologies will be out every other week on Thursdays as a bonus. So introducing Smologies number one, Selenology, a word that comes from the Greek selen for moon. So get ready to bask in the glow of selenologist Raquel Nuno. Exactly. Would you say when you introduce someone and say what you do, mm-hmm. what do you tell them? I tell them that I'm a planetary geologist. Ooh. That's just what I say. And people usually have no idea what that means. They're like, I know geology. I don't know planetary. What does that even mean? So then I say, I'm a space geologist. I study rocks on other planets. Uh, and that's what I tell them. And then they lose their mind. And then they're like, what does that? What? Yes. Yes. That's what I do. So what is a space geologist? necessarily do. So I I say that I'm actually an armchair geologist. So I sit on a chair and do geology. <laughs> <laughs> You're That's, a reclining I'm geologist. A reclining geologist. Um yeah, so we we have samples from rocks and other worlds, but mo- 
most of the time we don't. So I essentially use spacecraft data to analyze either images. I also do a lot of uh, programming, so a lot of computational modeling of what's happening, surface processes that are happening in other worlds. And so you are crunching numbers and data to try to figure out what is happening with the rocks on other planets. That's right. That's, That's what crazy. I do. <laughs> That's crazy. Do yeah. all of the planets or just a few of the planets? Just a few of the planets. So my two babies are the moon and Mars. So Raquel got her bachelor's in geophysics and space physics. She got a master's in geology, and she's now completing her PhD in geology and planetary science. This is all at UCLA. Do a lot of people tend to think that the moon is a planet? Uh, okay, that if you'd ask a planetary scientist, they would say, yeah, it's a planet because <gasps> it acts like a planet. It behaves like a planet, but it's just orbiting the Earth versus orbiting the Sun. So it's not, in the true definition of what a planet is, it's not a planet. But we have to say planetary body because it's not technically a planet. So it's a planet if it's orbiting the Sun. That's right. How do you guys determine what's a planet, what's an exoplanet, what's a planetary body? I mean, a planetary body is not orbiting a Sun, but it could be orbiting another planet. Well, a planetary body can be a planet as well. Oh, okay. So the Earth is a planetary body, mm -hmm. uh, but so are asteroids. Asteroids are planetary bodies <gasps> because they're orbiting they're in our solar system so they're a planetary body i feel like um, it's kind of like a not all cac not all succulents are cacti but all cacti are succulents are succul yeah yeah, okay. yeah something like that so you have to be round so you have to have enough gravity to have uh, formed a a round shaped object so there's a lot of asteroids that are that look like potatoes or <gasps> like weird dumbbell things and uh, those are not could never be planets because they're not shaped like a planet is. So you have to have enough mass that you create enough gravity to round up your your shape. Uh, you also have to have cleared your orbit. And what that means is that there's no debris in front of you or behind you. You have collected all of the the matter that's in your path to form yourself, to form the the, the planetary body. I don't think I've ever realized that we're kind of like a Swiffer. <laughs> like that's so part of where we get all of our stuff to make yeah. things is just by picking it up as we go. Yeah. So it, it's actually interesting. We, Earth acquires a lot of mass just by traveling through space. And when you see like meteor showers, that's us traveling through a trail of, <gasps> of rocks, of stuff that then encounters our atmosphere or that we encounter it and then... They come crashing in a beautiful light shows in the sky. That's yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah. And have we always had the moon? So the moon, essentially, so the moon formed very, very soon after the Earth did. So okay. essentially, when you're thinking about geologic time, yes, the moon has always been here with us. So I talk to a lot of people and when I tell them what I do, oh, you're an astronomer. I'm like, no, I'm not. I don't. I'm not an astronomer. I'm a planetary scientist. I study rocks. And and it's funny to think that a lot of the rovers, like all of the rovers that have gone to Mars, they're all robotic geologists. It's, <laughs> that's what they they are. They're not astronomers. They're geologists. Yeah, they're not. They're looking down. They're not yeah, looking they're up, not looking right? Up. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hot goss about the moon. Okay. Explain to me, where does this moon come from? Yeah. So the cool thing is actually we're not 100% sure, which is... Really, really cool. It's just how many uh, science questions are still left answering. We, we don't know that much about the moon. There's still so much more to learn. But the idea is the prevalent one, the, the one that most people think is the real thing that happened was that a Mars-sized object, which we call Theia, 
was just floating around space and crashed into the, pro the, the early Earth and they collided and stuff kind of was flung out into space and coalesced to form the moon. When you look at what the moon and the Earth are made of, they're, they're very similar. They look like they're made of the same stuff. So, so we think that that's what happened. Things collided, they mixed together, and then a big chunk of it got, or several chunks of it, uh, got flown into space and then eventually coalesced into what our moon is today. And it's gravity that's keeping it all together and into a ball. Yeah, that's how planets get bigger. It's you, you start out with like little dust particles that are electrically attracted to each other and they start getting sticking together and everything has mass. Even a tiny dust particle has mass. And so it starts attracting the next dust particle. And then now, now you have little pebbles and now the pebbles start getting, uh, stuck together and then eventually you form a planet that's gravitationally bound to to itself. So why on earth aren't there more of these craters to which we can take road trips? Our atmosphere protects us from a lot of them. Uh, if the rock is small enough, it'll just break up in the atmosphere. Whereas on, on the moon, there is no atmosphere. It'll just slam into the ground and it'll be left and there'll be a hole there. And that's actually one of the cool things about studying the moon. The moon has experienced pretty much everything that the earth has experienced. So, and because it doesn't have plate tectonics and it doesn't have an atmosphere, it acts as a witness plate to Ooh. everything that the earth has experienced. So that's why the surface of the moon is pitted. But what about the moon itself? Does it have a pit like a peach? What's at the moon's core? Is it like a jawbreaker? Raquel says it has a core, it's just much smaller than the Earth's. One of the cool things that I think when I think about the moon and the impact that that caused it was there was so much energy that collected from that original impact that formed the moon that the entire moon was just a magma ocean. So that's what? the what? Yeah, just imagine the whole moon just no. just magma. Yeah. So that's what? That's the prevalent uh, theory. Here on Earth, we have different types of rocks. We have igneous rocks, sedimentary rocks, whereas the moon, it's essentially all that light stuff is just one one thing. And the only way that you can form something like that is if it all just pretty much formed at the same time from the same stuff. And so we think it's just a big anorthosite crust, except for the dark regions that you see on the moon, and those are ancient volcanic plains. How big around is the moon, comparatively? What's the size difference between the moon so and Earth? So if you were... so. If the Earth were to be a basketball, mm -hmm. then the moon is a tennis ball. Oh, yeah. perfect. Yeah. Done. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> That's how I like to think of it. Yeah. So the, the side nearer to us is actually the crust is thinner. So it's easier for lavas to bubble up. And so what you see when you look up those dark regions were just ancient lava plains that flowed and found a low place on the moon and just settled there. And you can see more of those areas when the moon is full, which makes me wonder, how do moon phases work? <laughs> Just like, okay. pretend I'm someone you met at the car wash who doesn't know jack about the moon, because that's pretty much what's happening when we're not at a car wash. <laughs> um, so the phases of the moon are caused uh, by um, what we're seeing is where the sun is lighting the moon. So during a full moon, the uh, the sun is directly 
behind if you were to if you were to be staring at the moon and it's a full moon the sun would be directly like behind you but the reason that there's if you see the full moon and it's not an eclipse is because that if there's a slight tilt to the moon's orbit so it's not perfectly in line with the with the sun and so you see the sun lighting up the full face of the moon now when the sun if you're again staring at the moon and you see only half of it lit that means that the sun is to your either to your left or to your right and when it's a new moon when you don't see any uh light of the moon is because the sun is lighting the dark side of the moon the the far side, what we call the far side. So it's always a full moon somewhere. It just yeah, depends yeah. on where you're on hanging where out. where you're hanging out. That's right. Yeah, it's only our perspective that makes the, the phases of the moon happen. Well, how does the moon affect the oceans and maybe us? Mm-hmm. So the moon has uh, a couple of effects on us. So it creates our tides. Mm-hmm. So high tide, low tide, that's from the, it's the moon and the sun. A lot of people think it's just the moon, but it's a combination of both. But the moon is stronger because it's, it's closer. So it, it pulls on our oceans, depending on where it is on the planet, which area, where on the planet it's closest to, it's going to tug on that part of the planet. So it actually tugs the rocks as well. It's not just the water, just the water, just easier to deform. Oh my gosh. So So it's it's tugging. Yeah. So actually our earth is, yeah, our earth is slightly oblate because we have the moon tugging at it, the moon and and the sun, of course. Then we tug at it. We tug at the moon as well. Oh man, I'm going to have galaxy brain breakdown right now. (laughs) And the other way it it affects us is uh, we, it slows down our days. So the earth used to be spinning a lot faster than it used to be. But uh, because of conservation of momentum, angular momentum, it has slowed down the earth's spin. So about every 100 years, we get 2.5 milliseconds slower. And in 2012, we had to add a second to the world clock just to make up for it. Moon's like, I did that. Likewise, Earth's gravity pulls on the moon. The moon slows down a little. And then the moon becomes what's called tidally locked. So its orbit around us takes 28 days. And its own rotation takes about 28 days. Which means that it's daylight for over 13 Earth days straight. Raquel explains, and as you will hear, this was news to me. How does the moon work? So the far side of the moon, mm-hmm. what exactly is there? What's happening on the far side of the moon? More craters. Okay. Uh, less lava, much less lava. Most of the lava, that, uh, the la- ancient lava fields are here on the near side. Like I said, the, the crust is thinner, so it's easier for lava to bubble up on this side. The, the far side, it just like a much lighter color to the moon because it's mostly that anorthosite that Mm -hmm. I was talking about earlier uh, and lots of impact craters. Side note, so yes, the light side is on the dark side, which is really the far side. So the far side has tons of craters and it's lighter in color and so far, no alien communes. Now, the near side is smoother and has darker splotches of basalt. Those are called mares because way back in the day, folks thought they were oceans. Now, the mares are flatter and they have fewer craters because it's younger terrain. So, lighter parts, a northosite rock called the highlands. The darker parts are basalt called the mares. Boom. 
So Apollo 16 landed on went in the highlands of the lighter regions. But again, they tried to look for a place that was nice and flat and not a lot of craters because it's safer for the astronauts and for uh, the lander to land in. And then Apollo 17 landed right on the edge between uh, highlands and Amare because they were trying to sample the rocks from the two different places. How many times have we been to the moon? Six. We've been to the moon six times. Yeah. There, there's water there. Do you know that there's, there's Wait, there's ice, water on the moon? There's ice. Water ice on the what? moon. Yes, yes. Where is it? Uh, in these, at the poles, there's mm-hmm. these craters um, that never see sunlight. They're so deep that sunlight never actually enters the crater. So mm-hmm. they have not seen sunlight for billions of years. Oh my God. And it's actually one of the coldest places that we've ever measured in the solar system are inside these craters. Colder no. than the surface of Pluto. No. Yeah. Yes. How cool is that? Literally very, very cool. So chilly. Another reason the moon's cool is like there's lava caves. Do you know about the caves? No. There's caves. Do on I the look moon. like I know about lava caves? <laughs> I, I, yeah, there's caves where we can set up human bases because they'll be shielded from radiation and from the cold and and the heat because the sun it, the sun heats up the surface a lot. So there's it's it's either very very hot or very very cold depending on if you're in the shade or in the sun. How the cold? Moon. How hot? Are we talking. Oh, man. In these permanently shadowed craters, you can get down to 15 degrees Kelvin. So that's so zero Kelvin is absolute zero. Mm-hmm. And you can I mean, this is just 15 degrees higher than that. It is very, very, very cold. So to put that in context with the thermometer on your porch or like your car's dashboard, daylight on the moon can get up to 260 degrees Fahrenheit. And at night, it's a brisk negative 280 Fahrenheit. That's 127 Celsius at its hottest and minus 173 Celsius when it's cold. Which means if we do end up cramming ourselves into caves on the moon, we're going to need a lot of extra space just for scarves and parkas for the 13 Earth days of nighttime. Also, perhaps some flip-flops and a hibachi for those long-ass days and some sunscreen made out of magic. It's funny because you think of the moon, I think the images we see of the moon look relatively flat mm, and mm. everything looks so dark that it just seems, there's something like, it just seems very inert. Oh, yeah. Like it must just be like tepid room temperature and everything <laughs> yeah, very no. flat. And that's just not what's no, happening. No, no. It's, uh, it just wanders from hot, cold, hot, cold. And so then we need to, if we do set up bases there, we need to shield our astronauts from, from that. And I think caves are a good place to do it or maybe inside some of these craters. I mean, we started in caves here. Yeah, pretty that's much. Right. That's a good point. Right? Yeah, we should continue. This is like the way to continue uh, human exploration is just find caves and go live in. Would you ever go to the moon if given the chance? My opinion changes often. Before I had kids, it's like, yeah, of course. And then I had kids and I'm like, they need me. They Aww. need me here until they are... They self-sustaining. <laughs> so like 30. <laughs> Bring them to the moon. I would I would be so happy if my kids became astronauts. I don't know why. Like that's it's super weird that because it's probably not the safest thing for them to do, but to explore, I don't know, to become explorers. There's something so poetic and and beautiful about, you know, pushing the boundaries of what humanity has done and can do. Do her kids like the moon? 
my little, I mean, my, my, he's two and a half now, but I think ever since he was like a year and a half, he'll point to the moon and be like, moon, moon. <laughs> Cause I, I think like every night I set up the telescope just to look at the moon. Like really? almost every night. It's, I love looking at it and it, it doesn't get old every time I look through that eyepiece or through my camera. It's, uh, it's just beautiful and, I don't know, breathtaking to me every time. It doesn't get old. Do you have favorite craters or mares or highlands? <laughs> I know the lingo now. Yeah, you're you're in it. I really like Copernicus Crater and Eratosthenes. And the reason why is they, I think they pretty much set off the entire field of, of lunar science. So, and how we study how things age and impact craters. So, Copernicus Crater is ha, is a bright, bright crater. So this is something we could talk about space weather. So if something is fresh, it, it's bright. Oh. And as it's exposed to space weather, it darkens. Oh. So if you see something that's a crater that's very bright on the moon, it's a younger crater than something else. And the reason we knew this is because this, so this crater, Copernicus Crater, has these crater rays. And crater rays are material that were ejected during the impact. You know, you punch the ground and a lot of stuff comes up and then gets flown all over the place and creating these beautiful crater rays. And some of those crater rays went into another crater. So that's how we knew that stuff that was bright must be younger than the stuff that is uh, darker because we have these rays that are going into these craters. So, and that's, that's how uh, we, we call the superposition and a lot of uh, dating on, on planetary bodies because we don't have samples from it get done through these crater counting and superposition principles of what is on top of something else. So... so is it kind of like a paint drippings? You can tell what's on top because of the splatter? Yeah, kind yeah, of? yeah. Something like that. Yeah. And then we use samples brought back from the Apollo missions to sort of ground truth what we think the age of something is. So now you can create a curve of, of how many craters. What does that mean for age. Also, what's with this moon wobble that's in the news these days? Well, scientists in the 1700s discovered that the moon's orbit does a little bit of a wonky dip every 18.6 years. And for half of it, the tides are a little lower. And for the other half, tides will be higher. So hunker down for that between 2030 and 40. Aren't we so thankful for planetary scientists so much that we're donating to some of the ologists choosing since Raquel says the Planetary Society is doing great work? Their CEO is Bill Nye, and their mission is to introduce people to the wonders of the cosmos and to inspire and educate people from all walks of life. So you can learn more about them at planetary.org. And that donation we made was made possible by the following. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Listen, we're all carrying around just a backpack of stressors and sadnesses. When we keep them all zipped up and the load gets heavier, it can start to affect us negatively. You start to feel misunderstood, sad, resentful. A safe place to unpack that is, you guessed it, therapy. Therapists can help you dump out your bag and work through the heavy garbage that's weighing you down, in my case at least. I've used BetterHelp. They have definitely helped me understand that pushing my feelings down does not actually make them go away. It makes them feel worse. So if you've been thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible. It's suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. It's so much faster and easier 
easier than trying to hunt down a therapist from just online listings and cold calling. That's one thing I love about BetterHelp. And if for any reason you're not vibing with your therapist, you can switch anytime, no additional charge no drama. So unburden yourself and trauma dump onto someone who's trained for this. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash ologies today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash ologies. Oh, Kiwiko. We love you. Kids love you. Parents love you. Uncle Allie's love you. Here's the deal. So whether you're staying at home or you're heading out on some summer explorations, KiwiCo is inviting kids, also kids at heart, that's you, to enjoy their first ever summer adventure series. So kids from two years old to teens can receive six hands-on science and art project kits over six weeks. They have something for everyone. They have different topics for each age, whether your kid wants to explore space or learn about dinosaurs. And I've heard from my parental friends that summer can be a little challenging to keep the kids busy. Kiwiko's like, we did the legwork for you. And the Summer Adventure Series is this personalized experience with super fun activities like a bottle rocket kit where kids can build an actual bottle rocket. And you can either receive all of your summer adventure crates at once or weekly for six weeks. I think it's so amazing that they have different crates for different ages. Everything from the great outdoors that has like giant bubbles or a window garden to a trebuchet kit for ages 9 to 14. An entrepreneur where you can do textured clay projects. If you have kids, if you know kids, keep them occupied and learning and having fun this summer with KiwiCo. And you can get 20% off your summer adventure series at kiwico.com slash ologies summer. That's 20% off your summer adventure at kiwico.com slash ologies summer. Oh, have fun. Oh, it's heating up. It's time to say bye now to your jackets and your sweaters and your tights and get reacquainted with shorts and tees, breezy things. Can I point you to the direction of Quince? What I love about Quince, you can build a lineup of timeless pieces. They keep you looking effortlessly chic year after year without spending a fortune. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts. They start at $30. They have washable silk tops. And I love that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands because they partner directly with top factories. They cut out the cost of the middleman and then they pass the savings on to you. So whether you need a sundress you can wear to a picnic or you need some good t-shirts or tanks that feel nice on your skin and are well-made, head over to Quince. I love them so much I put them on my body. That's what clothes are for. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash ologies for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ologies to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ologies. Oh, hi, it's me, the lady that checks a bunch of scholarly articles before she believes anything, Allie Ward. And I feel like we are similar in that we have a fair amount of skepticism and we like to dive deep and find out what the actual facts are. This is why when it comes to any kind of supplements, I enjoy Ritual, which is a female-founded B Corp, meaning that they're holding themselves accountable to not just the company, but also to the health of people in our planet. And they're clinically backed essential for women at 18 plus multivitamin has these high quality, traceable key ingredients in bioavailable forms that are clean. Only about 1% of supplement brands are USP verified and Ritual is one of them. So I like being able to trust what I'm putting in my body. 
naturally. From an aesthetic standpoint, I'll also tell you that Ritual are beautiful little vitamins. They look like lava lamps and they taste like mint. So taking my Ritual is part of my, I guess, morning ritual. I, that's probably why they named it that and I didn't even think about it. Anyway, no more shady business. Ritual's essential for women 18 plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. So get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash ologies. You can start Ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash ologies for 25% off. Down the hatch. My sponsors. Okay, let's blaze through some questions. Are you ready for a lightning round? Yes. Oh, okay, water. Sip of water. The answer is yes. Yes. You got this. Julie wants to know, will we ever know what's on the dark side? So there's a spacecraft right now that's orbiting the moon called LRO, the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter, and it has taken spectacular, high-definition, beautiful pictures of the entire moon. You, you can go to their website and, and find pictures of the of the dark side, far side. It's not the dark side, the far side of the moon. The coolest thing is that I think those cameras have done, they've actually imaged the the Apollo landing sites. Ooh. So you can see the footprints what? and the rover prints that the astronauts left at the surface and like the lunar module like and the rover. It's still and you can see it. It's it's in, in the images that were taken by LROC, the cameras on board LRO. Christina Shoy wants to know which theory on the origin of the moon is your favorite? The impact theory that yeah. uh, Theia hit uh, early Earth and it formed the moon. And now here we are. And here we are. Lydia McGinnis has a question that I'm sure so many people do, which is do the phases of the moon affect people's moods? You also worked a little bit in healthcare <laughs> I did. during the Air Force. No, it doesn't because the phase. The moon is still there. It's mm -hmm. it's not any closer or any further. I mean, in, even if it does, like it, you wouldn't have an effect on us. It's the just the sunlight. Juan Pedro Martinez wants to know why don't we go back to the moon? I know that's what I'm saying. We should. The moon is the next logical step. I think it's, it's right there. It's right there. We can set up bases. We can we can make things there. We can make fuel there. It's much less gravity. So it's easier to launch from there. It just makes so much sense to go to the moon and not Mars. Like it's harder to leave the Earth's gravity well, whereas it'd be so much easier to do that from from the moon. Uh, Renee Coley wants to know who owns the moon? Nobody. Okay. It's so there is a space treaty that was signed. I don't remember the year. 1967. But it says that no one nation owns anything in space. Anna Thompson wants to know, what is the biggest unknown about the moon still? Or the coolest thing we've learned about the moon? Well, I think the biggest unknown is just how did it form? You mm -hmm. know, it's it's so similar to our Earth and and made like made of the same stuff and but you would think it it's a lot more it'd be a lot more different but it's not and the coolest thing i think there's water there there's mm. yeah I think that's, that's nuts that's pretty cool brie johnson wants to know do you think there will ever be a time where humans can live on the moon and Lindsay k trotter also asked can we colonize this thing or what yeah for sure but i i think that it'll be more of a jumping ground you might go to the moon first to acclimate or you know not acclimate in the sense of acclimate to the weather but acclimate to living space in living. a space environment mm -hmm. or in not earth lighter gravity and how's the gravity on the moon versus mars a sixth so you could jump pretty high e brown asked i didn't even think of this question how come you can sometimes see the moon during the day so the moon is always 
orbiting us. So sometimes it's orbiting us when we're, it's nighttime and sometimes it's during it's daytime. So oh. it's, it's always either on our side during the day or on the other side. Yeah. Uh, so it just depends on where it is on its orbit. What's the best thing about what you do or the best thing about the moon? The best thing is getting to think about these things that are so much bigger than myself. It just takes it's a it takes me out of of whatever is going on in my personal life or whatever is going on in the world. Just focusing on something that is just out there and it's so much bigger than us and bigger than whatever is happening in our world is is kind of like a vacation in a way of everyday problems. And I think that that's what I love the most about it. And we love Raquel Nuno, selenologist and everybody's best moon friend, and also a planetary geologist who has the word rock in her first name. It's amazing. So follow Raquel on Instagram and Twitter at The Space Geologist. Her handle is linked in the show notes. We are at Ologies. I'm at Allie Ward with one L. And since this is a shorty episode, you can find all the credits of all the amazing folks who work on the show in the show notes too and at AllieWard.com slash Smologies. Oh, one last thing before I go. Some dad ward life advice, which I will cap every episode with. So sometimes when you're tired or cranky, you're just thirsty. So if you're having a bad day, hydrate and see if that helps. Okay, go ask questions. Bye-bye, Smologites. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. <laughs> 